Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby League Talks. I'm Keegs. I'm Jacob. And, well, we had a depressing round of football for our teams, uh, both Cowboys and Canberra loss. But overall, holy shit, it was another good round, full of surprises. Uh, we got a nerd over some of great some things. Uh, overall, great round of footy, in my opinion, Jacob. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Uh, there were a lot of standout performers that... Uh, really even outdid their performances last week. Lots of guys that came out of blue and had absolutely great games. Uh, Reese Walsh, for example, he played absolutely outstanding. Had pretty much the dream Broncos debut. Um, some guys had shockers. Some guys had good games. Some teams got it together. Some teams didn't. So there's lots to talk about. Uh, and I just can't wait to get into it. So what's the first thing we're going to look at? So, first thing we're going to look at is Souths versus Penrith. And I don't have a lot to say about this game because what hasn't already been said about these two teams? One, Penrith played like Penrith. Got up in your face, played hard, up through the middle, and they were just able to capitalise on things. Um, on top of that, while Souths didn't have the best game uh, during discipline rise, they still looked good in some areas. Uh, of course, we had the uh, very famous, I'm losing, so I'm going to shit my pants, Cody Walker. I'm going to get frustrated and just lose my team the game. Uh, that happened once again. But on top of that, we, we know that now Souths can score points out of their pocket or pull it out of their ass anytime they want. They just need to pull it out earlier. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things, or my two favourite stats of this game that I really want to talk about. First is, well, there's three. First is possession. Uh, Penrith had the ball for 54% compared to South's 46%. So that's, obviously, Penrith had a lot more ball to work with for a 16-10 to 10 win. Uh, completion rate, Penrith for 80%, not fantastic. But South's was 68%, which is horrible. Yeah. So I would when you're looking argue at that... that 80 is the benchmark. If you go anything below 80, that's when you have concerns. But 80, for me, is a good benchmark. Yeah. Well, I think you'd, you'd probably want more um, to have, like, an exceptional game, but they won the game with that. Hmm. Um, in terms of errors, Cook had two. Um, gave away two penalties as well. Isaac Tuatupo Thompson are uh, having four errors. He did not have his best game. Uh, hopefully he bounces back a bit. But it was just pretty much like half the South's team made an error. Like Jed Cartwright, Blake Taft, Cam Murray, Michael Cheekham, Tom Burgess, Damien Cook, Lockin Lanilius, Cody Walker. They just everyone was making mistakes across the board. Fuck and I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of criticism of Latrell Mitchell for his performance, but honestly, I think he did what he could like mm. considering like it's not like he was the one that was you know making all the errors or anything you know if anything he was he was pretty safe hands uh he was the one that probably created some of the stuff for souths you know three offloads six tackle breaks that's he, he did his thing mm. but something i do want to add is that play the ball disparity um so generally, if you're at like three and a half seconds, that's pretty good as a team play the ball. Uh, Rabbits were at 3.69 seconds. Penrith were at 3.05 seconds, which is astoundingly quick. So Penrith were just, they had the ball heaps, but they were make, playing mega quick footy as well. 
Moses Leota, we know that he's a massive frame, but with his nine hit-ups, 2.65 seconds average play ball speed. James Fisher-Harris, 2.78. Yo, uh, 2.85. Martin, 2.63. So it was just... They were just so quick. Um, the moment that Held was called, they were just getting straight to it. They had great technique to find their fronts, and that was something that was harder for the Rabbitohs to deal with, especially because they do have a fairly depleted forward pack with uh, Totola out. So, you know, with him out, I guess that it was a pretty impressive showing, gutsy from the Rabbits, but honestly, the scoreline flattered them because of the errors they made. 100%. Like, if you had a look at this match without even watching it, you'd be like, oh, fuck, that, was a, that would have been a good game to watch. While it was a good game, it was very sloppy uh, on on majority of the South side. I think, looking at it, Souths do have that odd, terrible game in them. Uh, of course, they versus their arch-rivals, the Roosters, this week, so it would be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. Um and like, like you said, it wasn't just a one-person. It was a team-based performance. So they know as a whole that they need to improve. Uh, big shout-out to Isaiah Tass, in my opinion. Mm. 19 runs, 168 run metres, the most of anybody on a field. Uh, I think you definitely saw like Arrow having a bit of a mixed play. Mix, like, he didn't play, so you're probably missing him. Uh, Shik... Shaquai Mitchell, uh, Trevor Mitt's brother, he's been he great off the bench. Really good. Yeah, 51 minutes, 155 run meters, 15 runs. Uh, honestly, great stuff by him. He does have a slow play to ball, though, but like honestly, looking at it, no one but Ilias got sub two seconds, or sub three seconds. So, the only per- Ilias got two second play to ball speed on average. And then he had like guys up in the high fours, like for instance, David Mole five four point five seven, uh, Damien Cook four point eight four, Daniel Suckle for feeder four point three five. Like honestly, that's a big step. Um, the Cook one is, I guess, mildly concerning because if you're gonna have a quick scoot from dummy half, like that's great, but you don't want to be slow to play the ball no. after that because you want to capitalize from it. Hundred uh, percent. That said. He, yeah, you know, 50 run meters off eight runs. I think that Penrith, they were just winning the ruck heaps and it didn't really give him many opportunities. Mm. And when that happens, I think it went the same for Lachlan Ilias, who he's a fairly quick half, but he did not have many opportunities to run the ball. Uh, obviously, four runs for 30 meters. He just, he wasn't really able to take the line on, which is one of the better parts of his games. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, as you can see, just like his pass to run ratio. He was passing the ball 2.5 times for every time that he was running the ball. And like, so it was like... Penrith set out to have a clear... Oh, sorry. He was passing the ball 5.75 times for every time that he ran the ball. 2.5 was Cody Walker. Well, on Cody Walker, you can tell that Penrith had a game plan. And that was to piss off Cody Walker. Uh, having mm. a look at it. He made the most tackles out of uh, the halves this week. 24 tackles made, two missed tackles. So that's a big uh, step up from Ilias's 18 tackles made, three missed tackles, and one ineffective. Like, hmm. they went Cody Walker's way, and why wouldn't you? You're pissing him off. 
Uh, there yeah. was that tackle. There was that play to ball where Walker was dirty at someone, and he tried to push him away. And the way he played the ball, he knocked it on. So dickhead moved by himself there. Um, he'll learn from that, or maybe not. It's happened before. Honestly, Walker just needs to keep a cool head because every time he gets a bit dirty, they kind of go down the shitter because he's not focused. Mm. So, honestly, like, Rain Bennett couldn't control it, really. So, what are you going to do? Because it's it's so hard. Um, I mean, Cody Walker was borderline a Dallium contender in 2021 and 100%. broke the tri-assist record Yeah, with Bennett. So, I think he's one of those guys where he just... He can play with his heart on his sleeve and gets pretty angry at things. Yeah. However... This is just... I don't even think this is just him getting frustrated early on. I actually think it's just that he is generally a slow starter. Yeah. That's true. He started off slow last year. Oops. Um, so my headphones kind of went out there. So, But yeah, he is a slow starter. Um, he... Like, Souths will get up there. Like, they will be, like... I guarantee in five weeks' time, we're saying, oh, Souths can win the Premiership. Um, yep. So, yeah. But, like, that's five weeks away. We're only around three, if you think about it. So, it's, like... There's, like, surprise games happening here and there and everywhere. Um, with that surprise game, you got a very close game the following day at... Uh, with Sharks versus Eels. Um, yeah. Wow. That was very tight. I I thought Eels kind of would have won it. Hmm. But, like, and they, they could have won it because I think they were, they were going to tie it up um, if yeah. Moses didn't miss two two kicks. Um, you know, they're only four points down at half time. Looking at, and if you have a look, Eagles played, like, I, I didn't watch all of it. The possession was split in half. Eels, we, we said that uh, Souths were about 66% completion rate from the Eels uh, yeah. this week against the Sharks. Um, Rouser. Just yeah. wow. It's, well, it was it was a Will Kennedy hat-trick for starters. He had a great game. Um, but other than that, put simply, uh, the Eels did it to themselves. Opening five minutes, they were winning 10-0. Uh, there was a try off a Hopgood offload, which was absolutely magnificent. Uh, it made RCG look like an amazing support runner. So huh. that that speaks to how fantastic Hopgood is. He had the most tackles in the game as well with 47. Uh, he just played amazing. Britton Nakora, I thought that he shown a lot as well with his line running. He bagged a try off it, but he just he just kept knocking. Um, he was He's a hard guy to take down. And he just finds his gaps so well. That's why you know, Nakora, he's not really one of those like hard-hitting second rowers. But he's just so smart about how he makes his runs. And also, 40 tackles. None missed. Hello. What a workhorse performance from him. Um, on top of that, some other star performers in this game. Uh, Hamlin Newelli, 9 hit-ups for a play-the-ball speed of 2.49 seconds. That is mega quick. 
but in another this is the second week in a row that this is happens for the eels so regan campbell gillard and junior barlow both have playable speeds of 3.21 seconds and 3.74 seconds respectively right mm -hmm. so it's another night of a bit bit sluggish play from barlow that was okay from regan campbell gillard though uh jermaine hopgood is at 2.8 seconds unbelievable so he this is the second week in a row that he's nearly a full second quicker than junior barlow so it's something I just want to note about how insanely good Jermaine Hopgood is. Like, obviously, he was not the winner on this night. But that is... It's things like those, those smaller things that show up on the stat sheet. For you to be making, like, 47 tackles, for you to run the ball 13 times for 145 metres and still come away with having an insanely fast play the ball like that, that just does wonders. And it's great when you look at the hooker that he's paired with as well. Um, see Hodgson, the quicker play the ball, the more markers on the floor, it lets him work his craft. Mm. But as we said, it was just even contested possession, fairly even run meters and everything. But the big difference was the Eels didn't complete their sets and they kind of just, they really just let themselves go at some points. Um, there was really no reason for them to... Lose. Have not won that, especially yeah, especially after the start they made. Uh, that said, full credit to the Sharks. They're they're an incredibly gutsy team. You can see it in terms of how their forwards carry their team. Trindle, I thought that he did a great job once again. Uh, two try assists, two line break assists. Moylan also with two try assists. So you can see that the halves for the Sharks, they really did a good job to take advantage of the platform that was laid. That uh, once again, every single Sharks backline player having over a hundred meters. And that is, let's have a look. Oh, that's only just not the same for the Eels because Panasini had 97. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah. Put simply, it was it was an even contest. The scoreboard tells the truth about that. But there was just way, like it was a game the Eels should have won. They had their first choice spine out there. And they were also playing at home as well. And if yeah. that's, you know, there's definitely something that they need to work on because you think, what if the Sharks did have Nico Hines? It probably would not have been as close of a game. Oh, 100%. And, like, that's not to knock Nico. Because Nico, uh, not, sorry, not Nico, Braden Trindle. Trindle's a good... He had a hell of a game. He had a hell of a game. Just, I, I think if the Eels had that more pressure on the Sharks, I think Nico would have been able to absorb it more and be able to work his craft, like kicking the corners and all that kind of stuff. Like, Yeah, exactly. Um, and doing what Nico does, and that's keeping calm and composed, and his teammates composed. I, like, once again, back five of the, the Sharks, unbelievable in my opinion. Um, we, we say it, like, we milked them dry last season, but they were so good. Yeah, well, they're an amazing, they're an amazing team, and they're going to continue to be an amazing team. Because they've got more time together. They've got a great coach with Fitzgibbon. It's just, they're a good team. There's there's not really much any way around it. Oh, 100%. Um, and while you talk about the Eagles having a good start as well, I've, I've noticed, and I think a lot of people else have noticed this, the more Dylan Brown runs the ball, the better they do. Like, mm. Brownie running the ball is 
so good. Like, it's so dangerous. If I had... Like, I'm looking at the team's... The player stats now from... Uh, last last year's grand final. Where it was Eels versus uh, Penrith. You know, Brownie ran for 146 metres. Like, not... Like, that's pretty good for a 5'8". But then, like, he ran for nearly 200 metres this game. Hmm. And that's on a side, and like that eel side from last year's grand final, they were not. You, you know where they lost, and they lost during during the middle, where no one got below three seconds for play of a ball speed except Nakora, Madarat Nakora, and he played for forty minutes. So, hmm. I I wonder. If the reason why the Eagles can be so sluggish during the middle is the way Brad Arthur uses his interchange, if you notice, usually there'll be some player that misses out on playing, or he won't even play a lot of a lot of minutes. Uh, mm. For instance, Rian Gregg, this game, he was the number 16. He didn't get a single minute on the field. Not even a single yeah. second. In fact... Both the starting front rowers, RCG and Barlow, played for above 50, 50, 55 minutes. Barlow with 57, RCG with 65. You know, that's pretty good numbers from a prop if you think about it because they are playing in a position that is so exhausting. You are constantly getting mm. ran at. You're making tackles 24-7. And the play above 55 minutes is phenomenal. Um and both, like, the um, run, stints from Barlow, they were about nearly 30 minutes each. Like, 27 for his first stint, and then 29 for his second. RCG didn't come off until 50 minutes into the, into the game. He played an entire half and an extra 10 into the second. And then he rested and came back on for the final 15. I I wonder, obviously you want those guys on the field, but if you could manage the workload of those boys more often, like better, so then the bench has more of a impact. Like Madison comes back next week. Uh, he won't play this week, but he'll play next. So where does he fit into this... Uh, interchange rotation, does he start on a edge, or does he start at the 14? And if so, does Hopgood lose minutes? Maybe. Uh, he played 70, Hopgood played 71 minutes this week. So it's going to be interesting, because I, I think, I myself this season are going to be watching how Brad Arthur uses the interchange. Um, he didn't use it a lot last season. I know in the grand final, bloody Everyone got a run. Like, um, for instance, Madison played 62 minutes. Nathan Brown played 26. Jake Arthur played 5 minutes. And Oregon Confucius played 26. So, like, some big changes. Like, nothing's really changed. I personally would like to see how about Arthur experiments with this interchange. What, are, what are, What's your thoughts on that? Um, I agree. It'll be really fascinating to see who comes out and who comes in, especially because we know that um, like Hopkins has been playing and he's been playing some of like 
the best way you could ask for from a forward. Like he is doing everything a modern forward should do. He's offloading to create those second phases in play, which is something mega important for the Eels and their support running style. Um, he's tackling anything that walks. He's played the ball just ridiculously quick. So it'll be fascinating to see who comes out. Um, so you look at, obviously, Greek didn't play. So the most logical thing that'll happen is he's going to come out, especially because I think that Cartwright and Dory have been doing an all right job, to be honest. Um, but I also won't be surprised to see if Madison does come in for one of them. Um, I think it'll be Dory. But I think, yeah. But even then, I think Dury, he's been, he's been playing good. So does Dury go to the bench with Madison coming on second row? Because I feel like Madison's also wasted at second row. Because his best position, in my opinion, is lock. Mm. But the problem is, is that based on the past two games that Hopgood has played, I think that he is definitely better. Yeah. Um, at least his his ceiling appears to be better than what we can get out of Madison. And that's less a dig on Madison, because I actually love watching him play. But it's like, I would not be benching Hopgood. I'll tell you that much. Honestly, no. Like, if Bad Arthur benches Hopgood, fuck me. The super coach fanatics are going to be insanely <laughs> irritating. Um, they're going to be scrambling. But, Look, like. I've made enough I've made enough cash on Hopgood, so. <laughs> of course you I'm have. not worried. I haven't. I'm greedy. I want to keep going. Um, <laughs> no, like, honestly. We can't, we can't, like, I think he'll play right edge with Moses. Um, will he, pl- ha- like, will he play through the middle? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him roaming through the middle and then defending on the edge. Um, mm. I'd like to see it. Do, do you see, could maybe when Madison comes onto the field, if he doesn't start, he comes on for someone, uh, except Hopgood, and then, like, Hopgood moves to an edge and Madison goes, plays at lock. I could see that happening. There's a number of ways they can do this. Uh, It's just finding the optimal way at the moment. Yeah, well, I guess that's that's kind of a meta with the Eels at the moment. They've got a lot of silky ball-playing forwards. Uh, Card right, we know what he can do. Hopgood, we know what he can do. Madison, he used to play half. Uh, Barlow, he throws a very nice pass from first receiver. Uh... Maybe not Regan Campbell Killer. Um Yeah, so they've they've got a team full of guys who can throw some pretty good passes, so it'll be fascinating to see if it becomes a too many cooks in the kitchen scenario. Uh, I don't think the Barlow will cause an issue because he just runs. But it'll be fascinating. I do think though that Barlow's play the ball speed is something that Eels might need to be looking at. I don't know if it's a technical thing or if it's just because he's absolutely massive, but like I don't see Jason Tamalolo putting in the similar slow numbers, and he's arguably larger. So yeah. Well, speaking about Jason Tamalolo, let's go to the game. I knew I know you're not very happy with this game. I wasn't either. In fact, mm. um, every time Cowboys made. An error. I just put my hand, my 
hands up to my face and just shook my head. Like, honestly, it was fucking disgraceful to watch. I was irritated. Um, on Jason Tumbler's played with all speed, he got 4.06 seconds. That is sluggish. Yeah, it, was, it is sluggish. Uh, good point, actually. But something I'll point out is, though, it's less of an individual thing and more of an across-the-team thing mm. for him. Um, as that's a similar speed that Barlow had last week, but it's the context of how Tamalolo was doing it and also what his other starting forwards are on. Uh, at the game, McLean actually looked fantastic for this. Uh, he was finding his front every time. I don't know if the actual stats reflect this. I'll just check that, but it was... Um, yeah, so what? 3.28 seconds, uh, quite out 3.4, um, something I will say about this game is Nene, um, 31 run did meters. well, yeah, that's a bit disgusting, um, he oh, had a great, he had a great game in terms of leading the kick chase, he... There is a lot more that could be desired in terms of his actual work rate and line running because there is a good runner in there to be um, activated, but this is the second week in a row where he has just barely ran. Like it's He played 80 last week and ran for 42 metres. He played 80 this week and ran for 31. Um, the missed tackles are creeping back into his game again with eight missed tackles this week and four last week. Um it's just it's it's kind of concerning like it's because we know we know what he's able to do 100% and that's the thing that shocks me these boys came out showing some serious fucking intent to hurt people like they were the first five minutes I was very impressed they were making sure Broncos didn't gain a meter in every play they looked really good did they tire themselves out doing it maybe that was the case but fuck me. I think it's just a matter of the bench, to be honest. I, I, I would agree. Tamalolo, the moment he went off, there, it, like, it kind of slapped off. I know people love him, and I tr- and like they're trying to defend this bloke so much, like why he's good. I think he's good in some aspects, but fuck me, can we stop playing Jake Granville? Yeah, it, I think his position on the bench is a bit weird. Uh, Dunn and Lukey have been named in reserves this week for the Cowboys. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens in that space with Peyton and how they track throughout the week. But I do think it's Nana who he's impressed me in some respects and disappointed me in others. Yeah. I thought that he he hasn't had an offload so far this year, um, but he's only averaged 36 run meters, and that is just horrendous. Like, that is... He's just... You've really got to do better in yeah. that scenario. Like, there needs to be... And I don't know if that's also a thing with Townsend needing to get him some ball. Because it's a bit like... You just you can't be doing that as a second rower. You're one of the guys that needs to take on the workload of the team. Mm. And it's just... It's not on to be doing that. Um, that said, every other aspect of his game... Like, I don't think he's lazy. I think he's just not... 100% fit right now and that makes sense because he came from a really short preseason with the World Cup and how long players have to have as a break um, other guys looked really fresh uh, Jordan McLean 
Lots of people will point towards Tamalolo, but I actually think it was when McLean came off that we started seeing the problems. Yeah. Because he just, he found his front every time, right? And he was just taking hit up after hit up. He was an absolute machine. Um, something else, it was... Dearden didn't really run the ball as much as he could. Um, he He made more passes than Chad did despite touching the ball less, which makes sense because there weren't really that many times where it was on the table. But, you know, considering it's the best part of his game, I probably would have liked to see it open up a bit more. That said, 53 run metres is not horrendous for what happened. Um, Robson barely ran, which makes sense given the situation of the game, but it's just the fact that Hess and Nani, like we, we did not go to our second rowers. Hess only ran for 36 metres as well. Like, that is... You just cannot play... You have to get your second rowers involved. You can't have two pieces on the field. Like, you cannot have both of your halves running for more metres than both of your second rowers. 100%. That is... It is just ridiculous. Like, there is absolutely no way that that is something that should be happening. Um, and the thing is, like, it's not as if Chad had a bit of a shocker of a game, but he was also the only guy to set up our tries. Um, and both of them were for Nani with the kick, where Nani put in a great effort, effort to chase, and then there was also a beautiful line he ran for one of the tries. So it's like, we've got the potential in us to play good footy. And the game was like, we were winning up until 39th minute. Where Broncos scored and tied it. It was just that second half that absolutely blew it out. Um, Walsh was absolutely immense, and we didn't really know how to deal with it. But that's obviously when we've got a guy in the sin bin, it makes sense that fatigue's not going to go our way. But we just need to play better footy. Like it's, I thought that our edges actually defended all right. Uh, Hiku had. Probably his worst game in the Cowboys jersey by a very big margin, and probably his worst game in a few years, to be honest. Uh, he's given away three penalties and had four handling errors, which is like, that's just seven times in the game where Hiku has undone a set. Yeah. Uh, Drinkwater gave away two penalties and had two handling errors. He's obviously, both Drinkwater and Hiku are very much Rocks and Diamonds players. I think Drinkwater, his wasn't really. He wasn't trying to get grubby. He just made a bad decision. Yeah. Whereas Hiku, it felt like he was getting a bit grubby through the game. Oh, I would agree. Like, he was just... And it was it was not great to see. You don't want that in the Cowboys jersey. Um, hopefully, he gets it together. Because he was incredibly, incredibly useful for us last season. And I think Peyton will be able to get through to him and get him back to simplify it after he has a few weeks out. But that said... It's time for Tom Chester and Shibasaki to come in. Fuck yes. Um, going through this game and going through the stats now, you can definitely see where they lost it. I, I, I think we lost it through the middle with our bench coming on. Uh, and this is proven in the stats. Like, 13 offloads to 3. Broncos Ray. Um, big stat here. 42 tackle breaks from the Broncos. That's massive. Like, holy shit. Um, Broncos also got 400 more run meters than anyone else uh, than any, than the Cowboys and I think 
yeah this just shows mm. momentum shifting and how important it is in slowing down the rock especially against this team um against the bronco when you're playing with the broncos now that's the one thing you now have to do because of the amount of boys that they can utilize like they got Haas, they got carrigan but in their outside backs we just saw how dangerous reese walsh can be you know Walshie can be creative at times. Uh, there's a creative um, with his pass to Corey Oates, but he more ran more of a structured play style, uh, more at the back from for, for like second or third receiver. I liked playing Walshie that way. Uh, he ma- it makes his job simple, and it also allows him to utilize his strength, which is his speed and agility. Um, mm. In saying that, I think Walshie made a great game, great debut, as you said earlier. Uh, great stuff by Walsh. Uh, also good stuff by Reynolds. Like he did some great stuff as well. Um, and all around, I think it's just his footy brain, Reynolds, that makes it him separated, separate from other p- people. You know, he's got that genuine kicking game where it's so dangerous because it, it can pick you apart, apart. But he's basically a trainer on the field. He is Alfie Langer, but he's playing because he's coach. He, mm. He's telling you where you need to be. Um, honestly, you, you could probably swap him and Alfie around, and they could do the same amount of damage. Because I know Alfie wants to get back there and playing. He, he looks ready. He's the fourteenth man for a reason. So <laughs> he always Alfie. He's he's always around there. Oh, hundred percent. Um, but I there's something I want to say. So generally, a fullback if they get pretty busy, they'll touch the ball around twenty to thirty times a game. Uh, Walsh touched it forty times, so yeah. he was just nonstop getting involved. Um, I don't think the stats actually quantify his performance either, because out there, it generally like being at the game, it, it looked like he was just playing backyard footy. Like he was just he was doing what you do at lunchtime throwing every pass he wanted to, doing whatever he wanted to in that regard. And he was just, he was really on another level in terms of what he could create. Um, 175 minutes, he just ran at will, and obviously he got that try at the end. He, like, I had doubts. I didn't know if Reese Walsh was going to be a great fit for the team. In the trials, I was like, oh, okay, he's, he's here to play his distinctive style of footy. Um, and then now that it's time for the season, then he's he's absolutely um, taking that role on. And it reminds me a bit of Milford in his first season in terms of where he's just playing this off-the-cuff footy. And he's so athletic that it doesn't matter what's happening. Like, he's just able to play what's in front of him. And he's just continuing that again and again and again. And it's just... It's an absolute joy to watch. If it wasn't happening against my team, I'd be... I'd be very, very joyous. And I think I do expect myself to um, catch a couple Broncos games this year <laughs> just to watch the uh, magnificent player that he is. And with Ponga being out due to concussion again, um, that comes pretty close to confirming that the Queensland fullback spot is probably going to be um, up for grabs. So obviously there's been two gun Queenslanders this week with Walsh and Hammer, so it'll be fascinating to see who gets there. Personally, though, I'd like um, Hammer to play left centre with Holmes on right centre and then Walsh at fullback. I'd like to see that too, to be honest. Um, I think it would be very good. 
Um, honestly, like, Queensland are going to be very competitive this year. Like, all the Queensland teams are very competitive. We'll talk about the Dolphins soon enough and the Titans. Um, but, yeah, wow. I, I think Cowboys, they know what they need to improve on. Toddy knows. They all know it deep down. Uh, it's just how they come out this week against New Zealand. And will they be an 80-minute football team? I, I personally, I, I, I don't know. Because they could rate to a captain's run Friday and be like, yep, done, and Lukey are playing. Get them on the bench. Sweet. I think Cowboys' chances goes up winning a shit ton. Um, so, yeah. It's going to be very interesting, uh, this game for both, for Cowboys, just to see how they play. Obviously, they have Chester and Shibba. Uh, honestly, great to see Chester getting a run at the fullback jersey. I would have thought he would have been the 14 this season. I would have liked him to be the 14. Um, but, you know, shit happens. But Shibba, uh, if, you didn't, if you don't know... Who That's sh- exciting. Yeah. Shibba, he played a great game in the trials against the Dolphins. Uh, he formerly played for Broncos and Newcastle. Uh, and then after he played for Newcastle, he went over to Japan for a year to play some uh, Japanese Union. Uh, came back, came home to his family, and uh, he's loving it here. Uh, he played for Blackhawks on the weekend. I don't know how he went, so I didn't watch the game or look at it. I know they won. So I, I think Shiba being in front of his family again is going to be great to see. I... I'm friends with his younger brother, and uh, I've talked to Gamut a couple of times. I love him. Uh, he's honestly a great down-to-earth bloke, and I can't wait to see him succeed. Um, got a lot of confidence in the bloke, and I know everyone else does in that team. Yeah, so you want to know how he went on the weekend for the Blackhawks? I do. Please tell me. So uh, they beat the Falcons 22-18. to Yep. Um, he played... Obviously, the full 80. He ran for 159 metres and he broke nine tackles, set up a try, made 13 tackles and missed one. Fuck. But don't, don't, that's, it was a great game, but don't get excited over that. What excites me is the fact that on, because obviously he's had really bad issues with tackling before. Um, He's always been able to run hard, but like, say, when he played for the Cutters last year, uh, he made 45 and missed 17. So he had an efficiency of 72%. He was around the 80 mark when he played for the Devils a few years ago when he was with the Broncos. But because he's, he's a yardage beast, he'll take lots of carries for you. Yeah. But what impressed me in the trial was just his kick defusal. He was able to get high and take those attacking kicks, which is something the Cowboys have struggled with heaps. Um, also, his efforts and kick pressure. Like, it's I, I never thought of it as an effort player like what I'd heard around was if he didn't take things too seriously um, but obviously him being home looks like it's lit something up for him where he's got to play for something with the Cowboys nonetheless too so it's like I'm glad that we selected him and not Elliot so far not because I have anything against Elliot he's been an absolutely fantastic serviceman yeah. but I think that Gamat can give us more of what we wanted from Heku in terms of he can be a bit of a rocks and diamonds player but he's a workhorse, and I also like just his efforts and kick pressure in that trial absolutely sold me on him, because you can tell that he wasn't there to just make up the numbers. He was there to make himself stick out, not through big plays, but through like 
the small plays that take big effort. Yeah. It's... Obviously, he's got he's improved a lot coming from the junior grades, and I can't wait to see how he plays uh, on Saturday. Um, mate, if you're listening, score me a hat-trick for me birthday, please. Nah. Um, no, I can't wait. Like, the Schubert family are great football, a uh, great football family. Um, you know, he's got, I think, is he, he, he was playing on the right edge, is that right? Uh, not 100% sure. I didn't catch this game. Okay. Uh, something I will say for you, though, is I'll just rattle off the team list. Uh, he, it was it was a fairly stacked team that the Blackhawks were going against because Falcons, they had Farlogo, uh, Jaden Nicarima, Jai Smoothie, uh, if you don't know, it's um, Tyson's brother, I'm pretty sure, uh, Chris Lewis and prop Jack Howarth in second row. Um, it wasn't... Like, it wasn't an insanity team. Whereas, this is the Blackhawks team they've got. And this is what it's going to look like this year. So, we had Lip at fullback instead of Chester. Chester got pulled after Drinkwater got suspended because we were going to name him fullback for Cowboys. Um, Leisha Mosadriki in winger. Gamat Shibasaki and Brandon Elliott for centres. Robert Derby on the other wing. Halves of Jake Bork and Tom Duffy. Um, the middle forwards are Riley Price, uh... Puavase, I wish I could pronounce his first name. I'll need to learn. Uh, and Cade Maloney, um, Justin, uh, Jaden Hodges at hooker, Kuli Kefu, Finifuaki at second row, Patrick Kafusi other second row, and then the bench are uh, Jai Hansen, Marley Bisangane, uh, Sylvester Namo, and Zach Labert. So, not not to like not to waffle on too much, but just that is an absolutely insane team that we have got. For Queensland Cup, um, yeah, nine tackle breaks from Shibasaki was the most in that team, which was pretty good. He was also the centre that got targeted the most, so he had to make thirteen tackles. Uh, he defused the kick. He only had the one error. Error. Whereas Brendan Elliott had five errors in that game, so I'd like to think that was just a bit of competition between who can get that Cowboys spot. And obviously, Gamat played a much better game. Can they fucking update the stats for the Blackhawks, please? The QRL website is so shit. Good race. Oh well, I was just I was just reading all that off the QRL site. It's on there. You just have to oh, look harder through them. I'm not talking about team stats, basically in their form guide and all that. Also, uh, don't know if this is right, but Shiba, Shiba has been named to play on Sunday. Or Blackhawks. I don't think that's right. Yeah, that'll be... He'll just be named in case anything else happens. But because Queensland Cup team lists, what they're named versus what happens on game day is very different. Yeah. Um, I did a game as an interchange official where Tessie knew was named to play fullback with Tristan Saylor at 5'8". That didn't happen. What happened was Albert Kelly came in to play 5'8", and Tristan Saylor played fullback because Tessie knew was with the Broncos, I believe, and he got pulled. Um... And that happened again uh, with this week. The team lists for Capras were very different to the team they played because what happened is Nick Arima and Milford were, they dropped out of the Dolphins side and then went to play for Capras, which is their allocation as a feeder. So Queensland Cup, Queensland Cup team lists, whatever you read on the um, Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they come out, that's not the team that's going to run out. It's not even close. Yeah. 
in some cases, yeah. Especially if it's a team with feed allocations. It's going to be even less close. Right, so if you're, you're saying that Kappa's are a feeder club, what about the Dolphins? What are, what are they? Are they... They're also a feeder club. Okay, they are. Both the Capras and Dolphins are Dolphins feeder clubs for the NRL. Yep. So Milford and Nicarima uh, and Gildart got sent to Capras, whereas other players like Tavare and um, Bostock. Bostock will get sent to the um, Redcliffe Dolphins. Yeah. Fair enough. Alrighty. I think we've talked enough about this game. Uh, moving on, we have... Oh, fuck, what do we have? Roosters oh, I... and Warriors. Oh, the game I didn't watch, but heavily I disappointed can... in. I can I can discuss this one if you want. I'd love for you to, um, please. So, Roosters had more possession, but uh, they just blew away the Warriors in terms of run meters. But don't let that um, paint an incorrect image about what happened in this game because the Warriors, their middle and their tackling technique especially was much improved. Um, they have made a much better effort in terms of getting three men in the tackle and just having that as their golden standard because it means that they're not having markers falling off and on the floor. Um, it meant that they could actually slow down and recreate the rock that they wanted and they weren't just conceding instantly. Um, the problems they did have defensively, if you look at their tries, two of them came from Barlow, one came from Walker. The two ones from Barlow were just... There must have been some miscommunication in defense um, in terms of sliding or the numbers weren't right. Maybe CNK wasn't plugging the line. I'll have to rewatch it closer. But there weren't really any like bad decisions made by centers, I don't think. Um, it was more just the defensive line did have the numbers, which speaks to the brains of the Roosters players in their ability to exploit that. Um, but it does present an issue for the Warriors. But the fact they cleaned up their tackle technique, I think is that's a massive um, wrap for their coach, Andrew Webster, in terms of what he's been able to bring for them. Mm -hmm. um, Joseph Suli'i was absolutely immense at centre. Second week in a row, I just I love the reads that he makes in defence. Like, he's just... him. I didn't talk about this in Cows Broncos, but Herbie Farnworth played an absolutely insanely good game. Um, you couldn't crack him in defence. He was taking every run known to man. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, Ezra Mam had a great game too. But Farnworth, him and Suali'i are probably my favourite young centres in the NRL to watch at the moment. Um, because they both just make such amazing reads in defence. They're so poised. They get in their athletic stance... They're watching, they're watching who's coming around from out the back. They're able to make sure when they jam, they make sure that they jam hard. They're not second-guessing themselves. They're committing to whatever decision they do make, but they're making them with lots of poise. And it's just absolutely beautiful centre play to watch. Um, Suwili, he did it again, but he also had a much bigger output in attack. I would say he even put the Roosters on his back at some points. Uh, Tedesco had a great game with 199 run meters. I thought he played amazing. He set up a good try on the edge of one of those overlaps. But Suwili, 231 run meters, two line breaks, seven tackle breaks. Um, he just, he kept going. He just kept going, but he wasn't targeted in defense, weirdly enough. He only made six tackles. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about him is because the Roosters had Joey Manu, 
And with Suali'i, they've basically cloned him. <laughs> like, they've, in essence, Suali'i, he's playing the exact same style of footy. Uh, fantastic defender, large frame, very, very strong runner of the ball. So, I thought that having one Joey Manu was a bit OP. So, the fact that now they've essentially got two of them, like, that is, like, I don't... Um, Brandon Smith, he only played for 26 minutes. He looked a bit tentative. I think he might have been a bit hurt, not 100% sure. But um, even without him playing his best footy, Suwali'i and Manu just had... like This was one of Manu's more quiet games, but Suwali'i was just absolutely insane. Uh, both him and Manu set up tries, by the way, in Tedesco. So for all three of their tries, it was either their centres or their fullback, and it was just good footy just exploiting overlaps. So I was a bit impressed, but also disappointed in the Roosters, but also impressed and disappointed in the Warriors. It, it... And just looking at it, like, Sawali's so going to be that type of bloke. That's going to be generational. Like, obviously he won't be playing fullback for a couple more years because of Teddy signing until 2025. Uh, big ups to the Chooks. Don't know how they afforded that. Um, wife Nathan Brown. But it looked... Honestly, there's going to be those couple of games where Roosters look a bit out of rack. Uh, they definitely did against Dolphins. They're slowly going to get there. Like, they're going to start off slow. And I think that's what a lot of teams will be this year. I like that... I think they're going to be playing simple footy this year. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of criticism about how you had cheese... Teddy, Sawali, and Manu all in this one team who could be labelled as ball hogs because of how they like to... I like it in a centre. I like it in a centre too because you can have a strong, powerful ball runner. Um, and the the fact that they both set up a try shows that they can pass when they need to. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, honestly good stuff to see by both teams. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how... Souths, no, not South. How they go up against Souths, actually. I'm a bit, but more now more than ever. Cheese. He hasn't yeah. had a good two games. Like he's been, like he got injured with his rib. He's been named to play against Souths. I wonder what's happening there. So have Jake Turpin on the bench. We could see him slip in. So yeah. Oh, I, now look like a lot of heads turned when. Turpin was announced to Roosters, but fuck, it came at a good time when Connor Watson got injured, and you have Cheese, who is st- slowly getting back on the horse. So, I, I I don't know if Trent Robinson has a magic eight ball that tells him who to sign, um, but if he does, that's it's working. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I... It's, it's funny to see how it goes. I just think that the Roosters' back line, like, they... They kind of had a relative weakness at their other centre position, where they'd have Gildart playing there at one point. They'd have, I think, Nagama was playing there at some point. But yeah. now they've got Suwali'i, whose ceiling is absolutely best centre in the NRL. I know that like it feels like we're throwing raps really early on him, but it's not based on hype that other people have created for me. It's literally just based on the... like I say the exact same thing about Herbie Farnworth. It's based on what he's done in his first two games at centre. Yeah. Like, the best thing you can do is just make sure you're ready there to, um, 
make your defensive reads. He's done that. He's taken heaps of carries. He's done just about everything that you can ask of him at the centre position, and he's done it to the best level possible. 100%. Um, it's going to be... I, I can't wait to watch this. Like, holy shit. Roosters are one of my favourite teams to watch. I mean, I can actually watch them. Um, tell you what doesn't make me interested or fun. It's the next game we're going to talk about. Dolphins versus mm. fucking Canberra. Ugh. We had it. We had it. Yeah, the problem was you acted like you had it. I know. We didn't hold a fucking ball. Again. Same thing happened early last season. We didn't hold a fucking ball. And what it happens? We need to lose a game. This time we well, actually just... lost a game. It... Yeah, look, it was just... It was... Unfortunately, it was faders again. Oh, they had a strong first half, but Dolphins, obviously, like any Wayne Bennett coach side, they're never out of it. Um, But I just... It was a shame, because Raiders, it felt like they had the firepower to get it done, but there were just some serious issues there. I thought that Chris, he didn't really... Like, a... I know it's unfair to say this because he was next to Hammer, but there are a lot of gaps in his game in terms of how he plays at fullback, so I'm not entirely sure why uh, Ricky persists with it. But I don't me. get it. But him, on the flip side, Hammer Sotavio Ifido, absolute defensive masterclass. Oh, like he did amazing. Sheet, he's, yeah. He scored a double, and both of them were... They were great tries. One of them, he gets the ball, and he's able to just run it over because it's been set up so well, like, right on a platter. Well, um, speaking of Rich, that is actually... The other one... War Games! Looking at it, we're, we're going to start... Like, this is pretty simple, like right? Like, if you watch this yourself, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. They start, the Dolphins start at the tram line, which is... I, I think we've talked about the tram line before. When you... It's where the scrum happens, I think. Yeah, the tram line is... What does it run from the goalpost? Yeah, it's between the... It's the middle of the goalpost and the end post. That's how I like to describe it. Um, okay. It's how you set up most plays with a shift. That's the tram line. Yeah. So it's Kafusi playing the ball, and once again, it's Jeremy Marshall King, a bloke we loved the fo- last week. And he just... Pa- yep. It's a simple pass. You got a line run, runner, and then you got... Uh, Jesse Bromwich taking it up with a hit up. He gets turned on his back here. You know, uh, he gets yeah, he gets turned on his back. That's fine. Fast play to ball though. That's the thing. You then have Mark Nichols running a direct line between the first and second defender. That uh, that's pretty easy. But like Raiders don't fall for that. They they're pretty smart. They're not going to go a short play with Katoa at the back. Like you see Katoa start running. Uh but the good thing about this play from the Dolphins, if looking at it now, they had four blokes on this one side, right? They have Emre Gula, Fogarty, uh, Timoko, and Smith Shields. It's it passed to Katoa, who digs deep into the line. Uh, Emre and Fogarty have to jam in. But the dumb thing is, like, actually, it's not dumb. Uh, Tomoko is actually forced to make a tackle on 
the lead runner, which is Tom Gilbert, because it looks like he's going to go short ball. But that leads uh, Kotrick to then have to uh, jam in, but it's too late, and Hemmer is just able to go through. Like Hemmer, line engaged, like place in the play is outstanding, and it's Katoa that we've wrapped Katoa up for before, and that is how. He, far he digs deep into the line. A lot of playmakers don't do it enough or don't do it well enough, but Katoa being a young bloke is can easily do it, and I give massive props to him because that looks like a simple play, but it goes a lot of work into it with the small details. So, honestly, great stuff by him. Yeah, no, well, that's... Some of the small details in his game were also ones where I thought that it wasn't working as well. Um, in terms of the way that he times certain runs where he's rattling around. But that's something that I think he'll develop more with experience. Um, I don't know, I think Jermaine Azarko had a pretty good game as well. He just did the basic stuff. And that's all you can really ask for from him, especially because he's been a Rocks and Diamonds player for a while now. So it's it's pretty wild. Uh, but once again, Tabafito, he just... I know I keep going back to this, but this is like the golden standard for fullback defense, what he's done on the weekends. He plugs the line at every point where he needs to. He's getting the numbers right every time, constantly diffusing kicks. Like every, he, he, here is, he diffused eight kicks. Eight. That's insane. Like that's every, every time it, it was like every time a kick happened, he was just constantly there. It was absolutely wild. It's just constant, constantly present. He just refused to move. It was fantastic. I, and like, it was in the red. So like, obviously, that Canberra going to do stuff that they practice in the dry. But looking at it, holy crap, like, he was just everywhere. Like, he knew where he needed to be. That is some... I don't think you would have seen that from him last season at the Cowboys. Like, he was good with organising numbers, but not that... Like, he was okay, but not that good. I... Looking at it, I think Hammer can play Origin again. Like, he played Origin in 2021. Third game, and he won it. Um... Where does he play? Like, I think, what did you say earlier? You want him to play right centre? Uh, left centre. Left centre. Because he, he hasn't really done particularly well on the right side of the field. Yeah. But he has performed well on the left side. I believe that's where he played Origin last time, where he was marking Turbo. Yes. And Turbo didn't score, you know, didn't score, didn't set up a try. That's the only time that he did it that year in Origin, so... Obviously, Hammer did an alright job. Yeah. Um, like, honestly, I can't say anything more about my boys except they turn back into their faders. I look I look at the Tom Gilbert try, and yes, it, some, he got pushed off. Um, he goes, who was it? One of our players got pushed off the ball, but fuck me. Diffused a kick. Where was Sebastian Christ and all of that? I didn't see Yeah, him. well... Not just Chris, but also Timiko probably could have gone for the ball too. Yeah. I like yeah. it was 
if if you're in that position, just bat the ball out. Don't don't be too cute about it. Just do what you have to. Yeah, cover up the ball. So, yeah, simple little errors again. Um, yeah, hopefully we can get back to it. Uh, following game, uh, this was the Saturday night header, which involved the doggies and the storm. What a fucking upset. Holy crap. Uh, I don't think anyone would have said to us that doggies were going to win, or didn't expect them to win at least. But they came out. Yeah, I didn't. I'll tell you that. They came out with some serious intent. Uh, Jacob Preston. Good little try by the little. by the debuton. Oh, well, not debuton, but you know. Um, Wow. I'll just. Straight off the bat, this is what I'll mention. Read Marnie. Read Marnie. His involvement in everything. He was outstanding in the majority of the game. Uh, his manipulation, his kicking, his tackling. I I myself thought he was great. Um, you know, Storm had a man in the bin for 10 minutes. But you don't see... But usually, the Storm mentality is just to push and get up, make that purple wall. I didn't see that this game. Um, I looked at some stats today. They're leading the top missed tackles leaderboard. They missed if this game. Oh, where was it? Where was it? Where is it? Oh, where are you? I can't find it, Jacob. Where the fuck is this missed tackles? But, like, it was something ridiculous, like 76 missed tackles. Oh, there you go. They missed 50 tackles in this one game. 50. That's insane. It's the opposite of hitting and sticking. Like, and the ineffective tackles was 25. Fuck me, doggies had more errors than you, and you couldn't capitalize. I would argue... It really wasn't great. No. Um... I wow. You've still got Grant and you've still got Hughes. Yeah, like Munster. So... Like Munster's going to be a big loss, but holy crap! But what's alarming more than ever is Storm are dropping like flies. And how do they perform when they're dropping like flies? Um, I'm I'm baffled because in the first thirty-five minutes they missed twenty-nine tackles. I I wrote it down because Corey Parker said it. Um, it was really not good. It was no. there were just way too many misses. Um, I mean, both teams missed an absurd amount of tackles by the looks of it. Like it was a really slippery game. Um, yeah, thirty six missed for the dogs, but forty nine missed from the storm. It was just like it was really just there was no reason for the storm to lose that. But I feel like they were just missing. They're missing something. Uh, their back line, obviously, is not fantastic. They're really missing Olam, Pappenhausen, pretty much just everyone, to be honest. They, yeah. they haven't had a great run with injuries. But even then, like, they had, they had the weapons to get it done. They were just outplayed by the dogs. It was just a gutsy performance. Alamotti, Alamotti had an absolutely fantastic game. 191 metres. Um, 
89 post contact talk about getting yourself involved yeah like that's what you want from your senses too like you want them to get involved uh, I thought Jacob Carraz was another good outstanding outside back um, if you have a look at his stats here like he, he scored twice like that's pretty good uh, from death and from a side from a ringer that doesn't get a lot of ball because of the side he plays on like but looking at it, like 235 run meters 74 post contact two line breaks one line break assist 10 tackle breaks that's outstanding for him and this is a kid who a coach a former coach of his came out into the media and said I didn't think he was going to be that good granted no, that's from a Knights coach, but still... Oh, that's, of course. That's still pretty big. Like, that's just insane. Like, the kid is a phenomenal talent, and he's a workhorse. He'll get through so many, so much stuff. Um, what fucking bazzled me, and this is what you pointed out to me, and this is going to be our Cook's suggestion of the week. Yep. Ockenbore at 14. Yeah. Well, Seraldo's done it for us. He's yeah. given us the cook suggestion, except he's actually done it. Um, he has named Jaden Ockenbore as his 14, even when they have Farmanu Brown on the bench. So I just... Like, that's your utility in Brown. He plays halves, hooker. He can play in the middle. That's it. But they've decided to go for Ockenbore as well, which is just... Ugh. Like, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. It's and, there's like, zero reason. I don't want to hang shit over the bloke, but like he hasn't had a good, solid game in my opinion. Like, yeah, well, what, compared to their options, he only played half the games in New South Wales Cup, but he still led the error count in that competition. Mm. So that's it's something else. Yeah. Um... I, I, they got the win, but like, wow. I, I'm just still imp highly impressed over Reed Marnie. I, I thought he did great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just think Storm missed that electric spark that Munster brings to the side. Uh, Storm have... Let me check. Who do they have this week? They have... Oh, they have Titans at Seabus. So, I would expect... Storm to win. I would hope Storm would win. Um, like, they're going to be... Titans are going to be missing their starting hooker in Sam Bells. Uh, he's done his collarbone, actually. And, yeah, I just... I don't see Storm losing a second game. I know they lost, like, five games in a row last year. But, with the forward pack they have, they should win. I think they have a better forward pack. Um, they have Justin Olam back now, so they kind of have a genuine back five. Like, Nick Meany obviously coming in for a injured Ryan Pappenhaus, and who, God knows when he'll be back. But they still have Grant. They still have Hughes. And Meany can do a job. We've, we've seen it against the Eels. He can do a job. So there's no excuse, really. 
like big ups for this bloke. You you're a big fan of him. Jonah Pezzett making yes. his debut at fourteen. That is exciting. Uh Tariq Sims make his debut for Storm. Can't wait, honestly. Like I'm big I'm a big fan of um Jonah Pezzett. Pezzett. So No, well it's it's awesome and he's he's definitely a great player to select for that fourteen role because that's mostly what he's been doing in Queensland Cup. Um it's good to see him get it because they, they easily could have um, put in Jaden Nikarima, but they didn't. They really do want to blood Jonah Pezzett, and I'm impressed with that because he, you know, he's, he's a high potential player, but most importantly, he brings good energy and he's going to fit into that storm system and attitude really well, I think. Yeah, I believe so too. Uh, he may even do so well that next week we could see him in the sixth jersey. He might. We don't know. I think they trust Wishart a fair bit at the moment. Yeah. But I do think that one day he can definitely work himself towards that. I agree. I, I get big rest from him. Um, but honestly, that's going to have to wait until next week when we can watch it. Uh, going on to Sunday's games now, I didn't watch this game work. I had to work. But uh, there's only a couple of things to say about this next game. Uh Newcastle versus Tigers. Uh, three big things. One, what the fuck happened after the game between Talao and Hastings? Two, we were what, right, you and I. KP should have never been added to the defensive line. And three, this shows how much the Tigers' attack haven't hasn't improved. Um, yeah, it's been stagnant. It's been very stagnant. And as Kenty himself put it, um, I know we don't agree. Like Kenty has his uh very interesting opinions, but I agree it was rudderless, as he put it. Yeah, it was directionless. Um, in There's saying a lot that, I want to say. Plus, sorry, you go. Oh, you finish first. I'm yeah. just saying. There's a lot I want to say afterwards. In saying that, I think Knights were still lucky to win. Uh, obviously losing KP very early. Uh, I think it was early on. Fucking Safini nearly killing a bloke with a clothesline. Oh my god! The poor. I I, I feel for Jake Sinkin. That must have hurt like shit. It didn't look pretty at all, and it it looked effortless in my opinion. It was negligent from Safini's behalf. Yeah, it wasn't great. No. It was, oh, I, I don't know what happened. Like, it was just the biggest brain For oral care without ever. compromise, try Sensodyne Cool Mint Complete Care so, Plus Smart Clean. Now eight ninety nine from Chemist Warehouse. I know it with happens, seven. But you got to be more careful, especially now that uh that actually the NRL today have actually introduced the eleven day, uh, protocol for. Concussions, which I like, I'm a big fan of. Uh, concussions are a serious matter in the game, and they need Agreed. to be improved. Uh, now for your stuff, what do you got to say, man? So first and foremost, um, the Knights attacking shapes are horrible. If on the off chance that anyone has seen a little website I started, Slow Dives Chessboards, I did an analysis on one of the Dominic Young tries, and it was it was horrible. Like it's they've. Obviously, this is after Ponga's injury, but even when Ponga was on the field and healthy um, for the week prior and in the trial, a lot of their attack focused on Jackson Hastings. 
And I'm not a fan of that idea because I think Hastings, his best footy was being played when he was uh, ball playing lock. And instead of having to be creative, all he had to do was just get the ball and ball play. Um, other than that, other than that, it's it's not great to have him the one that's like having to make a lot of the attacking decisions. I, I just thought it was a really weird way to structure the attack, but obviously Adam O'Brien, he's been structuring weird-looking attacks for a while now. Um, Dane Laurie, he, he ran a heap, but he, he, he busted a bit of tackles, but I think the big problem was that he just was not present in defense. A lot of times where there were things happening defensively, um, it just he just wasn't in the ballpark where it needed to be, like with the trial that I did analyse, where um, where you can see Dominic Young scoring. He just he wasn't in the frame where he needed to be um, in terms of defensive positioning. Stades didn't really trust his inside man on that try. Even if you think your centre makes a bad read, I'm pretty sure you're meant to follow your centre anyways. Yes. Um, so that's when it looked like Naden was a bit slow to slide and the gay guy was on his outside. But because Naden was sliding across, it probably would have been better if um, Stane stayed on his wing. And even better, ideally in those situations, a fullback would be there. But he wasn't. No. Um, Honestly, we watched that try. Where the fuck was Laurie? Let me... We yeah, he just... He wasn't around there. Um, Holy shit, he was on the right side of the field. Yeah. He was... He was plugging the line, but it, I think... But he didn't really get over, which is a bit of an issue. It's it's a weird way of defending. It's very different to like what you see James Tedesco do when he's defending, where he's yeah. just constantly tracking the ball. Same as Clint Gutherson. I don't think I've seen a guy ever present for tri-savers as much as Clint Gutherson is. Um... Even with criticisms that I do have of his game, like he is an absolute hmm. beast in defense. Um, so I'm just yeah. going over, like I, I read your chessboard and I, and yeah. I was like, holy shit, okay, yeah. And now watching it's... it in motion, I'm like, what the fuck is Charlie Staines doing? Like honestly, Staines just comes off his line, and it's a bit of a weird decision. But I'm more disappointed in just Laurie not being within the vicinity. Because wingers make bad decisions all the time. Uh, obviously, he was trying to stop something and he took it upon himself. That's something he probably does need to work on in his game. But interestingly enough, Papali and Laurie are not playing this week. Uh, injury. I didn't think Papali played a fantastic game. Um, not at least by virtue of what he's capable of. He might, Nothing to do with how often he was running the ball or anything like that but it was just the fact that he was just a bit sluggish. Like, he had a slower play the ball than David Clemmer. Yeah, and that's fucking hard to do, in my opinion. Oh, oh no, it was it was just a bit on par. Um, and they, they didn't have too bad of a sluggish game, actually. Sorry, I've accidentally misread Joe off of Hengawi. Um, but it was just really, like... You'd like to see some more intensity and pressure from Papali in defense. Hmm. But that said, that's something that'll probably come with the time um, and the match fitness. I thought Dewey did not have a great game at all. I thought he played really well the week prior in terms of just constantly controlling everything. This time, he's 
he's lost to the Knights and he's faked a cramp after he knocked on a play the ball, which was just a dreadfully embarrassing um, sort of play. So if you, if you haven't picked it up, Dewey's actually been playing halfback. He's been playing on the right side of the field uh, and calling the shots. Even though he's got the six on his jersey, he's the halfback of that team. Brooks, he's got the seven in the jersey, but he's been playing 5-8. Yeah. So as for Dewey, who is a right side player and is on their right edge, um, he ran the ball a fair bit. He broke seven tackles. He ran for 135 metres. So like, he played an okay game, but in terms of the actual tacking shape, it just wasn't there. Yeah. And Coruscant, he's not really taking advantage of any... Well, he's not able to. Uh, he ran the ball for 108 metres, which is a lot for a hooker. So you can see he's just constantly getting on top of it. He set up their only line break. I thought that... I... Sorry. I genuinely think that Coruscant did everything he could. He always does. He's always, he's always going to be one of the best players in the field. Um, I, I just think the mentality is just so far behind it's lacking and I think Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall are the people to change it I hope they can change it like that Tig Eastern Suburbs and and Balmain were extremely proud clubs back in the day you know you had um oh fuck I forgot his name Tommy Vodonikis Tommy Vodonikis he was playing for Eastern Suburbs you had some of the greatest players ever play for Balmain the greatest grand final ever Involved Balmain in 1989. It is... It's West Tigers are a club that is built on generations of hard-working players. And it's just lacking. And I think Benji is the person to bring it back. Benji played in that team in 05 that ha- was so good. Like, they used... Utilised their strengths. And what about it? Tim Sheens was the coach in that year. Tim Sheens is a brilliant footy person in general. I... I'm sad to see it go. And to be honest, I think that club culture is dis- wasn't displayed at a- was displayed horribly at the end of the game. I understand where Tommy Talao is coming from with Hastings, but a push and shove isn't the way to go about it, especially when there's cameras around. I, you know, Tommy Talao's nose got broken. That's a ho- that's, that's a shit thing to happen. And yeah. good on Hastings to go up and say, hey, I'm sorry about it, um, being a man. Like, there was no ill intent. It just happened. It was an accident. But for Talao to act like that originally is why I'm just mind-boggling. Uh, you can get where he's coming from, though. Uh, and then for Hastings to come over and also join in on the pushing is a shit. Like... I think it was... um. It was Clemmer that came over. Hastings was up there trying to apologise. Mm. Uh, I think he got told to bugger off, but he didn't particularly bugger off. Yeah. And a security, uh, apparently a security guard came over and tried to calm everyone down. And it's like, a, secu- a security guard couldn't, shouldn't come over to first grade NRL players to calm down. That's, that shouldn't happen. They should know better. Um, look. I, I, I personally hope for not only the players' sake but the and the club's sake, but also the, the fans' sake, that this club turns around. This is a proud club, and it, it sucks that they haven't found success in recent years. So no, they can. They have some good players in there. It's just how do they improve. Um, 
with that, I think we should go on to the next game. Oh, wait, no. I just remembered. Alex Trial got robbed. All right? I will oh, stand by that until the day I die. He got robbed. All right? I made a pact to myself. The moment he scores a try, I'm going out and having a kebab for dinner. I didn't get my kebab, you cunts. All right? I better have my kebab next week. I want my kebab. But anyway, that shit happens. Uh, next game. <laughs> Titans versus Dragons. Now... Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt. Phenomenal game by uh, Hunt. Um, I also thought Titans had some good moments too. Uh, they did lack off uh, um, a lot in the second half and towards the end of the first half. I think once Sam Bell's left the field with an injury, that's where it kind of went downhill. I think Sam Bell's has been a great buy for the Titans. Even better than Kieran Thorne. I, I just think Vales is a genuine hooker option for them now. They aren't going to switch, unless he's injured like he is this see, uh, week, they're not going to switch and change him around. Like, they're going to keep him. You know, they had Jad Wallace, Stimson, Aaron Clark all there. Um, Aaron Booth beforehand. So yeah, I, I, I think uh, Titans have a lot to look forward to. However, like I said, Titans went off. Uh, really disappointed me in the second half and back end of the first half. There was three moments where Zach Lomax could kick three penalty goals. That's a lot for an NRL standard. Um, I also like how Tanner Boyd played in some moments. He was he he's the primary kicker. I don't, you, you didn't buy Foran for his kicking ability. You, you, you bought him for his playmaking ability and his leadership and his experience. Uh, Boyd kicked to Fige, uh, Fage a lot this game, and I, Boyd's I, kicking was not as great as it usually is. No, not sometimes. Uh, however, I do what I liked about one. This is one singular play. This is what I got hooked on. We have a tendency to rip on half sometimes when they don't adjust to the defensive line in front of them. You know, like Kyle Flanagan and all that. Boyd did change. Boyd changed a lot, uh, did adapt to what he saw in front of him. Like, he was going to pass to his outside man, but then he saw the amount of rushed up defenders, so he just took the tack, uh, he just ran the ball, which is good to see. Um,. I like the left edge of Dragons as well. But, like, what, what's your honest opinion? Before I go into that, what's your honest opinion about the Titans in this game? Um, They should have played better. They started better. If you open up their early plays, like what they did with getting AKP to store, then getting Verils to score, it looked like they were very much in control. But they just... They didn't hang on. It looks like... I don't know if it was the fitness that wasn't there. Um, Obviously, Boyd had a few errors... But I'm I'm backing Boyd to bounce back from that. Um, I think he's a great player. I think he's just had this one game where he wasn't really adjusting. Um, Boren, he he didn't really take on the line much. He, he didn't really run much. I don't know if it's a result of the injury or whatever it is. But yeah, it was a bit it was a bit. Eh. I thought that yeah, just his errors were not great. 
it was not useful and he came off at the end. We saw Jaden Campbell. Um, he played off the interchange and Campbell was playing halfback for a bit. Yeah. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see how that works. I thought he was pretty all right. Um, it's like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, in terms of what Campbell was able to do halfback and his versatility. But obviously it was the the circumstances under which it happened were not fantastic. Because uh, Boyd, he went on to hooker at one stage as well uh, with Verrills coming off. It's It was just a bit of a mess of a game from the Titans because it was a game that they really should have won. Like, don't get me wrong. It's it's not easy to go out to um, uh, Netstrata Jubilee and get the win. Like, it's, it's a hell of a game. And obviously that was... Something I will say that impressed me was Blake Laurie. Not, like, first and foremost, he made the most tackles in the Dragons team, and that was pretty good. But it was his defensive communication from Rock. Yeah. Um, bloody hell, the SOL is going off at the moment. <laughs> I... <laughs> so, you, you'll understand soon when I tell you off there. I... I I think this week, because Titans have the Melbourne Storm, right? Fodder Rake is starting. They don't have Verils, which I think they'll look like they'll deeply regret that. I, I just think Ben Hunt was able to use utilize his strengths a lot. Um, Great. He was roaming a lot of the time too, and he wasn't always playing first receiver. He mm. was playing second receiver some of the time. Yeah. Well, um, Sullivan, he had the new dimension, I thought. Yeah. Uh, I put down a note in my book because I got a new book for the season, guys. How good. Um, oh, yeah. I like how... I like the second edge, the left edge of Dragons. You got, you actually, they've actually shifted Lomax to the left edge, if you didn't notice. Mm. So you got... Uh, you got Fiergay, Lomax... Sullivan and I think Ben Murdoch yeah uh, BM, BMM yeah. Murdoch myself. I thought he had a great game I, I thought he did too uh, 71 minutes uh, 88 run meters uh, his where's his defense he had, he had a solid work rate in defense 12 tackles 2 missed tackles uh, I also would like to point out that Sloan and Hunt were really great uh, with like overall general play, oh, I love the little. <laughs> Did you hear at half time? Oh, it, uh, yeah, half time. I think it was where yeah. the sideline reporter mentioned something about Sloan. It goes, yeah. Oh, he, I remember. Yeah, yeah his grandma. name told him to stop being a sook and just play on. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Right, oh, Grandma. That's so funny. She's she's got to be an NRL coach at some point. What a legend! Oh, that's that's funny. You, you can tell she's a uh, rough, rough around a chopping block, you know. But that's that's good. Yeah. And no, nah, well, it was it was fantastic because obviously it's worked because Sloan had a great game. Mm. I thought when he came around, um, when it was because he ran, he sprinted from the other field over to uh, Ben Hunt for when Ben Hunt set up a try for Sloan. And that was like, that was amazing. That's exactly what you want from a fullback. Someone who's just constantly hunting, hunting, hunting for the ball. And it was just, it was outstanding from him. 
uh, a try assist on top of that as well. So I genuinely think that Sloan has come into this game and he's just saying, all right, this fullback jersey, it's mine. Um, Jaden Sullivan also I want to speak about. He played absolutely fantastic. Um, that's what I've saw from S- Sullivan there. I think that's better than anything that I've seen from um, uh, Amon when he was in that jersey. Mm. Not not to discredit Amon, I think he's a good half on his day, but Sullivan just brings another level to it. Like he did, he did a lot of kicking, which meant that he was taking that pressure off Hunt, and they actually had two kicking options. Yeah, um, and that's what you want to do. With and because of that, don't fucking pressure yeah, them all the time. Yeah, and he just he had so many quality touches. It was fantastic. Um I noticed like what the Dragons are doing, and this is very smart. When they had the Titans on their goal line, the first thing they did was target their edges and use short balls like they really targeted their edges. And I think that's been a problem for the uh, Titans in the past where their edge defense has been lacking. Uh, it was kind of lacking against the Tigers the week before, in my opinion, as well. Uh, that, that's mm. where they scored all the tries, the Tigers. Um, and, if you, and if I look at it, the same thing kind of happened here. They all, sco- they, all the tries the Dragons scored except one were on the edge. Um, usually that does happen, but especially, it's especially alarming for Titans because it happens on so many occasions that it's not funny. And the thing about the Dragons is they use so many decoy runners. Hunt loves using them because that's where how he'll, he, he can mm. play make. He can manipulate I you. I think statistically they had some of the... Quietly, I think statistically they had the most decoy runs in the NRL last year. I think like I think it was, did. they're very like they love their decoys. I just think they haven't been using them effectively. Something also I want to notice is that with the performance that was given by Toby Couchman, um, that's their their bench looked pretty good. Yeah, I dare say that we're not going to see much of Aaron Woods this year. I wouldn't think so. Which I, should probably go without saying, to be honest. But he, he played, he played good enough for the Dragons to be able to go. Yep, this is a good bench. Yeah. Uh, look, Woodsy, veteran of the game. He origin representative, Aussie representative. He just isn't there anymore. He'll be remembered as one of the great props in, during that early two thousands era. You know, with like the doggies and tigers. Um, just isn't there anymore, unfortunately. Kind of yeah, like the Andy Fafita. I I put Fafita and Woods in very different categories. I would too, but Fafita he played his guts out until the end. Mm. Um, Woods, he like NPC. He yeah, well not just that, but he he spends a lot of time in the media. Um, oh, too much like time. Like we. we yeah, like he was he was with the radio on the weekend, I'm pretty sure. But he was also um there was the incident where he was going on about Ryan Madison saying that he was the stingiest guy he ever met and yada yada yada. But then there was a few days later I believe where he didn't go to his team's um 
awards night. That, that's and only three guys really. did. Yeah, and it was it was Michael Milo, Zach Lomax, and Ben Hunt that showed up. And that's like full credit to Zach Lomax as well. He's actually regarded as one of the Dragons' best trainers, believe it or not. So oh. despite despite the impression that he gives with the errors that he has on the field, he is very much widely considered one of the better figures in the club. See, I would not have guessed that because of what he said in Fletch and Hindy last year about when in Ren question about the uh, little barbecue. He goes, oh, yeah. yeah, who the fuck snitched? And I'm like... Oh, he, was, he was probably just having a joke, to be honest. I don't think there was any snitch. I think it was pretty obvious. Yeah. I think that was that was a bit of a dodge moment, but it's obviously he, he brings the attitude to training. You've heard, and he he actually showed up to the awards night. That's good. I'm glad that and that Mollo. can be. That's uh, it was Michael Mollo though, not oh, Frank Mollo. Oh, was it? Ooh. Yeah, Frank Frank Mollo wasn't there. No one was there. Oh, it was it was literally fuck? just three guys. What the fuck? It was yeah, it was a bit weird, but because like the scheduling was with the NRLW awards night, so a lot of people were on holidays. But even oh, then, it's like don't if you're on radio a few days before, maybe think about how that's gonna look. Yeah, like, I mean, it's good that he has a career lined up outside of footy, but, like, you're still playing. Rain it in a little bit, buddy. But with saying that, I, I think that's all we have to cover. Uh, so let's get on to our tips. Tips, this will be good fun. Now, listen, very disappointed in this in this first game of this round because... I kind of ordered something a couple of weeks ago, hoping it would arrive this week. Manly 13 plus, was it? Yeah, I, I ordered the jumper from Hello yeah. Sport. It, it, it's delayed. Ah. It's still in Victoria. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. Oh. <laughs> got the email today. Um, so I, it, I got Eels and Sea Eagles. Uh, honestly, I think Sea Eagles get the job done here. Uh, statistically speaking, the last time Eels went 0-2, they got the wooden spoon. Uh, but that's like every other, like, that's happened a few times in their history. Uh, I don't think it will ha- they will get the wooden spoon, but I, I just think Manly will win sol- solely because of Turbo. <laughs> and Manly 13+. plus. What's your tip? Um, so between Manly and Eels, yeah. I think Manly get it done. I don't know how much, but I think there's there's a lot of things that uh, they were not throwing at in the first round against the Bulldogs in terms of like attacking shapes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's when Schuster was playing in the trials, they had a bit more advanced attacking shapes, and I think that that's going to be something that is really going to come out more now that there's Schuster who's trained more in that six position. Yeah, um, it'll be fascinating to see how they go. I think the Eels do have a bounce back in them, though, but I think that Sea Eagles, they're going to be playing a bit more confident. And, and I'm also a massive fan of Anthony Seabold. And they're like, coming off a bye. They rested. They didn't play footy last week. Eels did. They had a very tough game. So, yeah, I got Manly. Um, next game, Newcastle versus Dolphins. I got Dolphins. Yeah, I've got Dolphins too. That was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but like, don't not to discount the uh, Knights crowd, and it's amazing. But Wayne Bennett, he's he's gonna get his guys firing, oh, and yeah. I think that the Knights' attacking shapes, after seeing what Hammer was able to do defensively, 
I don't think that that's going to be too much of a concern. No. I think, though, that Jeremy Marshall King is going to be an absolutely enormous out for them. It'll be interesting to see what Cody Nicarima offers from that nine spot, but I'm still going to go Dolphins because I think that the experience they have is just too good. Yeah, I agree. Um, next game on Friday night, Roosters versus Rabbitohs. I got Roosters. Roosters, Rabbitohs. I'll go Roosters. Yeah. Um, I just think that oh, it's it's entirely possible for Rabbitohs to win. Oh, 100%. Uh, They're favourites. Actually, no, I'm going to go Rabbitohs. Okay. I'm going to go Rabbitohs on this one. It, Like, I think Roosters, if they win, it's going to be through their centres somehow. Yeah. But I do think Rabbitohs, they're just the better team at the moment, I think. Yeah. And right. also, they're going to be really buoyed with the uh, return of Totola as well. They're really going to want to play there. they still got some great forwards on their bench. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how it works. It'll be a great game. It's uh, I'm always excited for these ones. Oh, I am too. Grudge match of the century, like all the time. Uh, yeah, Titans exactly. versus Storm. I got Storm. Yeah, Storm here too. Uh, next game, Cowboys versus Warriors. I've got Cowboys. I'm going to see... Um, yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys. Uh, Broncos versus Dragons. I got Broncos. I think Broncos are just really fucking good at the moment. Oh, yeah. Broncos, and it's also at Suncorp. They're yeah. going to be coming off the back of a massive derby win, and they're going to want to... Like, they've got the momentum behind them. Reese Walsh has spent even more time with the boys, and it's going to be pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, doggies versus Tigers. Doggies. Easy. Jeez, they're, they're having a mid-off. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna go it's dogs. Such it's a, Belmore. It's such a Sunday night, no- Sunday night game. Like three Sunday, three... Sunday, early Sunday. Yeah, Sunday Arvo. That's always the best time for Belmore games, though. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going dogs. I think the spirit is gonna buoy them. Fair, fair. Um, last game, Raiders set Sharks. I, I, fuck, I'm gonna sound like an idiot, but I'm gonna go the Raiders. Um, just I'm going sharks. Yeah, <laughs> but not not that the oh, the Raiders have been all right. But First game at home. I just think seeing what the Sharks did last week, I think that them being away from home doesn't really confuse them too much. No, I I I think so too. But like, it's Canberra GIO, the Viking horn, the Viking crap back at home. But no, I I I just think um. Maybe they can pull it off. I don't want to start the season 0-3. Please don't start the season 0-3. It won't look good. We'll have to fucking work during the middle to win. Yeah, it'll be a big fight. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, with that, Jacob, I think that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me again. Can't wait to see how this goes this week. Got some interesting matchups, some good old rivalries. Um, and with that, Jacob, what do we love? We love our footy. We love our footy. Thanks, everyone.